just over 24 hours away from game one between the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers. TD Garden, obviously, it's going to be on Marathon Monday. A lot to look forward to in the city. I'm going to throw it over to, to Scott and Bridget quickly um, just to go over what the latest lines were Sunday and who was at practice, who wasn't, before we kind of break everything down for Monday night. Yeah, well, the biggest news is that Patrice Bergeron missed practice for the second straight day, was not there Saturday, was not there again Sunday. Uh, we found out, you know, obviously Bruins aren't giving out too much info, but we did find out on Sunday that he's dealing with an illness in addition to uh, whatever this lingering upper body injury is that, you know, was the official reason why he left Thursday's game. Um you know, a few guys have been battling illness. Jeremy Swayman was also not at Sunday's practice due to illness. Uh, Tomas Nosek missed a game last week due to illness. Don Sweeney said, you know, he doesn't really think there's a bug going through the room, but certainly a few guys seem to have caught something. I was sick last week. I don't think I don't think they're related, but who knows? I mean, I was very, very close when I talked to Jeremy Swayman in Montreal, so I'm slightly concerned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I hadn't even been around the Bruins in a week. Like, when I was there Saturday, I realized that my last recording from talking to them was a full week earlier. Um, but, yeah, so they're dealing with that. So, in, in practice, the lines were, for the second straight day, Pavel Zaka between Marchand and DeBrusque in Bergeron's spot. David Krejci between Tyler Bertuzzi and David Pasternak. Third line of... Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, and Trent Frederick. And fourth line of Nick Felino, Thomas Nosek, and Garnet Hathaway. On defense, it was the same both days as well. Uh, Orlov McAvoy, Lindholm Carlo, and Forbert Clifton with Grizzlick and Zaboro as the extras. So it, it certainly seems like if Bergeron is out game one, that would be the lineup. Now, the you know, the question, though, is, is he going to play in the updates after practice where if he feels better, he's in, he doesn't need the two practices over the weekend. If he's feeling up to it, he's going to play. And, and we know that come playoff time, Bergeron will push through pretty much anything. So I would uh, assume that unless he's like really sick or his injury is really serious, I still feel like he's going to be in game one, but obviously you, you would have liked to have seen him on the ice this weekend um, just for some assurance, but uh, you know, they're, they're obviously making plans for both. Right. If, if he's ready, then he goes right back in. And if he's not, then they've practiced with, with other lines for a couple of days now. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely, you know, concerning when someone goes, goes out of the lineup, the last game of the regular season doesn't come back. And then, um, doesn't practice ahead of the first playoff game. But um, I know Marshawn also spoke after practice and mentioned that Bergeron was sick. And then Montgomery said it was a mixture of a nagging injury, which is what he Sweeney. left the game. Oh, Sweeney. Yeah. Um, so he said, you know, nagging injury, upper body injury that he left the Montreal game with, but also that um, illness was just as important as why he wasn't um, at practice again. So, um, and then Marshawn said that his only issue is that he's old. So <laughs> I think that was your question, Scott. He said, I'm just yeah. sore. And, you know, my only issue is that I'm old. Uh, so he's ready to go. Um, but one of the things we talked about 
in terms of the lines that, you know, the way things shake out, um, but assuming Bergeron plays, all right, uh, uh, we can go through what it looks like if he doesn't, but I think more likely than not he's playing. So we may as well go through what it looks like with him still on the first line. First line stays intact. But um, then the question becomes, what does Montgomery want to do with Bertuzzi? Because he has still hasn't practiced him with uh, Hall and Coyle as a line. And that continued again on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, both had opportunities to do that. Um, yeah, and- they did actually practice. They practiced together once like a week ago when Hall first got on the ice out of a no contact Jersey. Now, but do you know, that was it. They- did they not like what that looked like in practice? Like, did you, do you remember going back? I mean, it's been a while. No, actually just the opposite. Montgomery said he really liked how it looked. So, uh, I don't, yeah, it is odd. Like they've had chances to use it in a game or in other practices since then. And they just haven't. So, uh, yeah, a little surprising, but my, my question is if you're insistent on, First of all, it was hard practices because you try to get ready for the playoffs. You're insistent on keeping together that Hall, Coyle, Frederick line. It, it like is that really the line you want to have as your third line in the playoffs? Like at that point in time, where where does Bertuzzi even go? So I mean, I think if we don't know what the lines are, I don't think the Florida Panthers know what the lines are, and I think that's part of what's going on here too. I think that there might be a little bit of rest going on for Bergeron and Marshan who got pulled out of practice a little bit early. I also think there's a little bit of gamesmanship going on. I think that the Brewers are trying to wait to the last hour for Florida to figure out what they're, you know, not that you never want to make your lines based off of another team because that's just kind of, you know, playing afraid. But as far as like how, how Paul Maurice wants to, you know, and again, he's, he's the away team the first two games, so he's not going to be matching lines. It'll be Montgomery. But I just think I think there might be a little bit of mystery here for, for the Florida Panthers going into game one. Um, I was obviously hoping we, – we talked earlier later this week um, – or I'm sorry, late last week about when we were going to record this, this episode. And we decided on Sunday because we figured, well, Sunday would be the last, you know uh, – real kind of full practice before game one, we could, we could see what the lines were and it would give us the most information. But of course, here we are. And, and we were, we've been given nothing because, because the lines, because Bergeron hasn't been in there. So um, if Bergeron's not playing tomorrow night, yes, the lines that you guys read off that, that would be what they're going to go with in my mind. Bridget, to your question, based off of Sunday, I just, I think they're going to keep the first line as is. I think they're going to do Krejci between Bertuzzi and Pasternak. I think they just, I just don't see why they would have that line together for practice right now if they were just going to do Bertuzzi, Hall, and Coyle at the last hour. Like, I don't know. So I think that Bertuzzi, Krejci, and Pasternak is going to be in line. And then it would be Hall, Coyle, and Zaka. And then Felino, Nosa, Cathway. I think Frederick would be the guy out, the odd guy out. That That's based off of what I'm seeing on the ice without Bergeron. Yeah, Razor brought, mentioned that as well on Sunday Skate this morning. I think it's a good point, like especially at home, because, you know, my point is like I would have some questions about the defense of a Bertuzzi, Krejci, Pasternak line. Um, You know, Zaka does do a lot of defensive work when he's on that check line. But at home, you can get favorable matchups for them. And then you can use Hall, Coyle, Zaka as a checking line and get them out there for matchups against either the Barkov line or the Kachuk line, you know whichever one you want them out there against. So uh, 
that's definitely in play as well. And I, I think definitely a, a possibility, uh, especially since we haven't seen Hall Coyle Bertuzzi. And Scott, that that um, Bertuzzi Krejci Pasenak line. When you watched the scrimmage the other day, well, did you notice anything defensively with them? Like, because you're right, Zaka is probably their the best defender on that check line. Krejci's a little bit slow getting back. Pasta is pasta. He's more of an offensive player. Um, and Bertuzzi's probably a little bit more offensive as well. But um, did you, in the short time on Saturday and Sunday that you were there, notice anything about how they played in the D zone? No, I mean, nothing different than what we've seen in, in well, I, I was going to say in games, but I guess technically we haven't seen that in games because it's been, it's been Zaka between them. But I think it, the line operates similarly where like Krejci's going to have to be back and doing, you know, a lot of defensive work. And, and I still think he can, like I, you know, yes, he's not the fastest skater and, you know, but he's so responsible and he's so smart that he rarely gets himself caught in situations where he's way up ice. So like they'll have to guard against that. The The Panthers are a really good transition team. So you have to be aware, you know, someone has to, you have to make sure you're, you're psych. Like if a defenseman's pitching, someone has to be cycling back. You can't get four guys, you know, onto puck. Like that's not going to fly against Florida. And that's going to go for any line. So I think, I think Krejci can still be the responsible one on that line. Um, but Bertuzzi and Pasenak will, will have to be aware. Like they can't both be up ice at all times. You know, someone's both of them really, when it's their turn to be cycling back and when it's their turn to get back on defense, like they're, they're going to have to, even if they're getting favorable matchups. Yeah. You hope that they just spend a lot of time in the offensive zone and don't have to defend, but inevitably in a playoff series, like you're going to have time in your own zone. So um, yeah, it, it would be interesting to watch for sure. Uh, Cause I do think Zaka to not that Bertuzzi is like terrible defensively or anything, but I do think Zaka is, you know, a little better, a little more well-rounded in that respect. Yeah. I also am intrigued by Zaka playing with Coyle and Frederick though. Like Zaka is such a good player, such a versatile player that, We've oftentimes, most of the season, he's been playing in the top six, but imagine him in your bottom six. Um, and once again, you put him because he can play center. You know, you have both him and Coyle out there at the same time, two guys that can both play that role if needed. And um, I think that that might actually be a pretty interesting look, but that's another thing that we really have not seen at all. So, um, and and once again, we mentioned it's not something that's been practiced this weekend because Zaka's up with DeBrusque and Marshawn. I don't know, Brian, what you think of what Zaka could be like around Charlie Coyle. I mean, those are that's a, still one, a, a good puck possession line. Well, did you did you mean to say Paul. Zaka Coyle? Zaka Hall? Hall. Yeah, yeah. I I think um, I think putting Zaka on that third line speaks to just how well he's played all year in all situations. And I think that for the Bruins, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm wondering like, does Bertuzzi need to be around more elite finishers in order for his playmaking to kind of come to the forefront? And you can say that about anybody, obviously, but I think that Zaka adds just, he's very, very quietly just good at everything. And I think for Tyler Bertuzzi to feel good about his game, 
I feel like he, I feel like the points might need to be there for him. And I think if if you're looking at a line with him, Bertuzzi, Hall, and Coyle, like yeah, Taylor Hall is great when he's on his game. Coyle's had a great year. I'm reluctant to call Taylor Hall like a an elite finisher. <laughs> I don't think that's what he is at this point in his career. Um, certainly not the caliber of David Pasternak. So I just think the Bruins are looking at okay, can can Bertuzzi's skillful yet grinder mentality can that translate better for points for him make him feel good more productive than does Zaka need that to feel good about his game not necessarily I think I think Zaka he can gel with Taylor Hall he can gel with with Charlie Coyle they've all played together at different points this year in different situations whereas Bertuzzi Bertuzzi and Coyle they have they barely play together Bertuzzi and Hall have not played together at all um so I just think that the Bruins are like well Bertuzzi's played with with Pashnak a lot they've done really well together and David Krejci can fit like a glove with anybody. Yes, the check line's been great, but I think right now they're trying to figure out, you know, just like how everybody would would, would feel best about the, their game right now. So that's 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 how I feel about it. I think it's actually pretty smart, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and the the one time that Hall, Coyle, and Bertuzzi did practice together, one of the things Montgomery noted was – Someone, you know, they're all gonna have to have a little more of a shot first mentality. Well, Zaz had this year, like we've seen him use a shot, so that also went to that line of a good shot that Coyle and Hall set up and used their playmaking skills to get the puck to. Yeah, no, and it's kind of funny because at the trade deadline, I don't think any of us were saying, oh, the Bruins need to add someone to play with Pasternak and Krejci. Like, that seemed like that had been an area they had figured out. Um, and then all of a sudden, we're here heading into the playoffs, and we're all just as surprised as anyone else that that line might not be together, um, at least in game one. Um, obviously, they can switch back to it at any time. Um, and that's the luxury of having so much depth is they could really move these guys anywhere uh you have you know most everyone in your top nine you've got to feel flexible um with that you can kind of put next to anyone so um you know adding Bertuzzi has created this luxury where you don't necessarily know exactly where he's gonna fit but you can try him you know with to keep him with Pasternak obviously anyone's gonna look better playing next to Pasternak because you slide the puck over to him and he finishes. So, um, you know, he, he's Bertuzzi set up for success on the, on that second line with Krejci um, and Pasternak. That's for sure. And as it pertains to Bergeron and, and, and what, what he's dealing with, you know, how, when the Bruins go on long, long playoff runs. So 2011, 2013, 2019, and you're watching the Bruins in the cup finals in like June. And, and you think to yourself, Oh my God, Round one seems like it was so long ago. It feels like it was like a year ago, right? Um, basically, I'm just trying to illustrate how long the postseason is if the Bruins want to get to where they want to get to. And are you concerned at all, not for game one, not game two, three, four, round one necessarily, but are you concerned about Bergeron already being banged up before this juggernaut of an Easter conference to get to the cup finals and then eventually hopefully win the cup finals? Like, Two months from now is that's a long, grueling two months. And I guess the same question goes for Krejci and maybe even Martian a little bit, but Krejci and Bergeron down the stretch have they've they've been dealing with something. And it's not 
unfortunately, it's not necessarily just going to go away just because the playoffs are starting. In fact, it'll probably linger and perhaps get worse. Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, they are older. They do take a little longer to recover from bumps and bruises and soreness. So, you know, right now everyone's presenting the United front of like, we're just being super, super cautious. And, you know, any little bump, bruise, illness, like we're just going to let guys rest. And and that's fine as long as that is the truth. But yeah, if it is you know, something that's a little more serious and is going to linger and could affect his play, then, like, yeah, obviously that's concerning. I think, I don't know, you know, Montgomery said it's something that Bergeron has dealt with before and knows how to deal with. So I don't know exactly what that is, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess anytime you have guys a little bit in and out of the lineup and needing rest, especially when it is older guy like, Bergeron, you know, missing these last practices, Krejci missing games, Martian leaving a practice early. Like, yeah, it's sort of like double-edged sword because it's like those are guys who you want to get the extra rest. And so if you can build it in over the weekend, then fine. But at the same time, they're also the guys who are going to need to get into the heart of a series. There's not a lot of extra rest to be built in you know the this series against florida there's one point where there's two gate two days between games instead of just one so the games ha happen fast and there's not a lot of recovery time in between so I i'm fine with giving it to them now but yeah if, like if they're if they're going to be in a spot where they need extra rest going forward like there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for it unless you wrap series up early and get it between series, but you see like they, they got to be able to play every other night. So, you, you know, you better, you better hope that they're, that they're okay because you're going to need them. Uh, yeah. You, the, maybe you survive a game here and there without one of them, but you need them overall. Yeah. The buzzword of the week is precautionary. I feel like I've heard it way too many times and I don't know if I hundred percent believe it. Um, sometimes when I hear it anymore, because that's just been the line, but um, for, as for Bergeron, uh, I don't see him not playing every single game of this playoffs unless he literally like is missing an arm. Um, I, you know, he might need rest. He might not be hundred percent. He's playing either way. Um, he did play all but four games in the regular season. He played a 78 game season, obviously getting a little rest at this point in the year is fine, but there's no way you're pulling him out of a playoff game. I just, I'm trying to imagine how that conversation would go. And I don't think, um, you know, I don't think that would even be something that Montgomery would try to bring up because they know he's not going to take himself out of the lineup if he feels he can still help the team. So, uh, he's just that kind of player. He played with, you know, punctured long broken ribs uh, in previous playoffs and he'll play through whatever quote nagging injury uh, he has. Uh, and he's just, I think that maybe with him, I do believe the precautionary thing a little bit more um, because he, if he's dealing with an illness and that's just like the little extra bit of, okay, well, I guess, there's two things he's dealing with. Let's just get him a little bit of extra time um, off. I, I mean, will he kind of wear down by the end of the playoffs? If that's what you're asking, Brian, 
Um, he, maybe he'll be a little bit tired. Maybe he'll probably be really sore. Um, but he played 78 games this year. Um, and I think he's, I can't remember very many times where he's looked super banged up and tired. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure really he's older now, so we'll see, but, um, he's going to be in there. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not, le- and I'm less concerned about whether he'll be in the lineup or not. I know he'll be in the lineup if, if, if he can be, it's more about can, can they rely on him to be what he needs to be for them to win a cup, which is a top line center. Who's still productive on obviously not just defensively, but, but offensively too. Now I, you can, you can, play the semantics game of who their top line really is. I, I know that I, I get that. I'm just saying like, it's, it's admirable for him to be out there. It is regardless of what the situation is, but I mean, he's I, important I, in that way. Not even just on the ice. Like he's important. Just the fact that he's there. And I feel like they take energy from when he's playing through all of their injuries. Cause then they just play even harder. Like, um, sorry, Brandon, me to cut you off. But one of the things that Bergeron, you know, we've been questioning whether or not he'd, been as effective as he had in the past was on the power play. So I don't know if you guys want to talk a little bit about power play strategy at this point for the playoffs. Cause Scott, you tweeted out some of the well, power um, play just, combos. Bridget, just, just one second to, cause to finish that thought. So, cause in, yeah. in, in um, where I was going with that is that in, in 2019, right. He lost to Ryan O'Reilly in game seven on home ice. He was, he was outperformed by his, by his competitor. I don't think that necessarily happens in round one of 2019. And I don't want to pin, I'm not pinning that loss on him. I'm just saying the Bruins need him to be the guy that he's going to be consistently. And when you're older, the wear and tear can be effective. So my only concern about these nagging injuries is that it's going to prevent him from being not just a guy out there, but an impact difference maker, potential game breaker that he can be if he's feeling the best that he can feel. Um, and that goes for David Krejci too. And it goes for Brad Marchand as well. So this is not a Patrice Burge run thing. I'm just saying, and the Bruins have far more depth than they had in 2019 to overcome anything like that. They're better all around. Um, that was, that was my only point about just potentially being concerned later on, not about him playing, but about him continuing to be the game breaker that he can be when he's at the top of his game, you know, and Scott, I don't know if you had any follow up on that, but we can certainly shift to the power play as well, Bridget. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with the shift to power play. So, yeah. So in Sunday's practice, they, they actually changed things up a couple of times. So they started with, you know, what essentially looks like the top unit that we're used to with Lindholm, Pasternak, Marchand, DeBrusque, and then it was Krejci in the bumper spot instead of Bergeron. Um, and then the second unit was McAvoy, Orlov, Felino. Bertuzzi and Zaka. Um, interestingly, Taylor Hall not on that unit. And then they changed things up, and we saw a reunion of, you know, what I called the check unit that we talked about, you know, probably, I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks ago of the check line, McAvoy and Bertuzzi. And that was a unit that did really well together. And I kind of wonder again if this is like, planning for both things right like so if bergeron plays then the top units the top unit they've they'd gone a little bit back on track over the final week week and a half of the season before um you know they the power play was terrible in montreal in the final game but had been good for like six games before that so if bergeron's in you assume that's your top unit 
is, you know, him, Marsha and Pasenak, Lindholm, DeBrusque. But then the fact that they kind of jumbled it all up on Sunday, like midway through, I was like, hmm, that seems like a contingency plan of, okay, if Bergeron's out, is Montgomery going to go back to that check unit as his top unit? So again, you know, it just comes back to like, it's not, it's not ideal to have to be planning for both scenarios one day before game one, but you know, at least like at least all the units they rolled out are pretty much units we've seen for the most part. Nick Felino playing the bumper was definitely new. That was a little odd, but um, but yeah. So it seems like they're kind of kind of planning for both, and what what the top unit's going to be might very well depend on uh, whether Bergeron's playing. Yeah, and that that other unit that you're talking about with Felino in the bumper with Marshawn DeBrusque, they they went with two defensemen on that. They went Orlov Lindholm and once again leave out Taylor Hall um from that scenario. Yeah, and you know, by the way, like the power play I think is going to be crucial in this series because I I mentioned this on Sunday skate, but the Panthers take a lot of penalties. They're number two in the NHL in penalty minutes and they're not a very good penalty kill. They rank in the twenties on the PK. So they're going to give you chances and they're not great at killing them off. So if you're the Bruins, like this is where you can bury them and make it a quick series. If you make them pay when they go to the box, I think you're already better than them five and five. You should have the better goaltending. You're definitely better defensively. Your penalty kill is number one in the NHL. Their power play is good, not elite. Like your if your power play is on, that's where you really bury them and it turns into four or five games. If your power play is off and it's killing momentum, like it was for about two months in, you know, January, February into March, then that's how you give the Panthers some momentum. Games stay close. You let them hang around. So, you know, whatever the power play is going to look like, I, I definitely think it's a it's a crucial part of this series. I would say the good news for the Bruins is that if one's faltering, toss the other, the other unit over the boards because they're just as capable of scoring for you. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think obviously you guys mentioned it, but if Burge runs in the lineup, I think, you know, it's him, Martian, Pasternak, DeBrusque, and Lindholm, and then Krejci would just fill in – um, to that slot with where Felino was today uh, with Bertuzzi, Zaka, Orloff, and McAvoy. That would probably be the most likely scenario, and I think that's actually pretty good because I think McAvoy, his mobility, um, I think, and creativity, I think, might bold well better with that Bertuzzi, Zaka, Krejci, and Orloff unit, where Lindholm, I think, can help that other unit because they need to get pucks in that outside of uh, Pasternak, and I think that Lindholm Hopefully, you should be able to help do that maybe a little bit better than the McAvoy does. I think he walks the line a little bit more. I don't want to say more efficiently, but just a little bit more creatively maybe. He's he's sneakier at getting pucks in that. I think that might benefit um, that Bergeron unit if, if Bergeron's playing. Um, 